In the words of the legendary Lou Gellerman, hello dog fans and welcome to the Sound the Siren podcast because everything matters, including the marquee non-conference matchup uh, as as my buddy uh, Hood Husky has on his sign on tonight. This ain't Sparta and they ain't really Spartans. They're going to get their asses whooped on Saturday. Uh, I am, as usual, your host, Hooligan7. Uh, I signed in tonight as Xerxes Dogs. That's a, a 300 and a history reference. Uh, go study up if your academic prowess ain't up to snuff. Um, I'm joined tonight by the aforementioned Hood Husky <laughs> and my buddy DJ K. Woody. How are you guys doing tonight? What up? Doing right. good. Doing well, doing well. We'll, we'll, touch, well, we'll touch on beverages on really quickly. Uh, DJ, what do you have tonight? Oh, you know, just a good old-fashioned water tonight. Good. <laughs> hey, what's wild is, is I had a beer earlier. It was like the lone beer in my uh, my fridge. Nice. And I like drank it as soon as I got home from work. But now that that's RIP, I, you know, I'm back to my high quality. I, my matching glass was squints. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I was on team water tonight as well. I don't have mine handy. Um, but yeah, I've got an early morning, so, uh, I'll, I'll be drinking toasts to a victory Saturday and call that good. Um, let's move right. Wait, hold on. Hold on. I, I lied. I lied. I got, I got right, white, white claw. Go. There you go. <laughs> At least one of us has got to be drinking, uh, tonight. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. We'll move right into, uh, stupid tweets and, uh, a repeat appearance. Uh, I think probably several times over, um, and I'm going to call out, and this is, of course, sponsored by Kevin King, but uh, this stupid tweet comes from at Michael underscore FB, or excuse me, at Michael Black underscore FB uh, from a few days ago saying that Oregon just played against the toughest defense they'll play all year, and despite penalties, they held up pretty well against the Tech offense, uh, which you know, he crossed up whether which you know he was talking about because he was originally talking about defense, and then he said they held up pretty well against the Tech offense. A couple tr- plays got them, but for the most part, the DBs were in position. Biggest concerns, like uh, Mike, you talking about the offense? You talking about the defense? If you're talking about the defense, they are in no way, shape, or form the best defense that Oregon is going to go up against this year uh, at all. And uh, if he's saying that Texas Tech is the best offense they're going to see all year. That might be the stupidest Oregon Duck tweet of all time, <laughs> because yeah, there is a list. Yeah. There's a list. You, yeah, you see how the narrative changed, like going. Well, I mean, I guess, I guess it's a little, a uh, little unrelevant with that. But like, so going into that game, Oregon fans were like, oh, we're gonna blow them out. We're gonna blow them out. And I was like, oh, it was a tough, tough win. And you know how they barely squeaked one out, but yeah. It's, that's just typical Oregon because it was it was that team lost to Wyoming. We're about the da 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 da. Oh my! And yeah, then it's that was Seriously. a good Wyoming team that they lost to. <laughs> I, well, mm-hmm. oh yeah, we know how that goes. If uh, speaking of that Wyoming team, they they got the team that got the, probably the biggest win in the country, or, or the, the the most marquee win in the country this past weekend. But is it just me, or is nothing more Sark gonna Sark than? Texas beating BMO last weekend and Wyoming coming in and knocking them off this weekend. <laughs> you know, it's coming. Oh, Sark's not going to have, you know, like Sark is the, is a King of like winning some games that he shouldn't and w- winning a marquee matchup and then finding some stupid ass way to shit the bed. Hood or DJ, you guys have any uh, stupid yeah. tweets we need to discuss? 
Yeah, I got one. Um, I, I retweeted it earlier. Uh, Coog uh, Sutra. Sutra. I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, Coog yeah, Sutra. Coog Sutra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're, court- they're contorting themselves into all sorts of positions to come up with arguments that don't make any fucking sense. Yeah. The, this guy this guy says, real talk, at UW, has become the poster child for small D energy. First, they chased the bright lights because they weren't confident enough in their own. Now they're trying to tank the sandbox that they decided to leave. So weak, so small, dot, 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 dot. Yeah, and this guy, I'm already tweeted and like, quote, quote, tweeted, I should say, like, he's been, like, begging for months, like, for to another conference to take their school, begging for months for people to donate. And, like, now he's coming across saying shit like this, like, this dude, he's he's so weird on here. I've seen him post a bunch of other stuff too. Like, weird guy. There's some uh, interesting interesting perspectives in the Cougar and Beaver fan bases. Like, I thought it was just I thought the Ducks were bad, and they are, and they're they're still the worst. But there's there's just some outlandish concepts coming. I think up. we're all learning a lot about Wazoo and and the Beavers right now. We're learning a lot. I, no, it's true. I didn't know it was like this. I didn't know, you know, they felt a certain way, but you start to win some games. And uh, my, my stupid tweet is kind of on that that um, that topic, too. It's uh, at Nick Moore 63 and it's just funny. Um, he said, uh, going to be so fun banning UW from the Pac-12 title game this year. I forgot that. So uh, that's just, that's, <laughs> I find that hilarious. And uh, and then the immediate comment afterward was, oh, how long has Wazoo been banned? <laughs> I said something to that effect. Is that why Washington, I, I think my exact tweet was, is that why Washington State's never been to one? <laughs> they were shadow banned and we Damn. didn't know. They, they were on double, se- they, Animal House, they were on double secret probation. <laughs> <laughs> Man, these two are embarrassing themselves, man. And and going back to what you were saying beforehead, like with Washington State, Oregon State, for me it's like more so with like Oregon State. I never really hated Oregon State. Like, I mean, I'm not saying I hate them now, but I'm always kind of rooted for them a little bit. But man, these fans and like their takes from them, like, and maybe a small minority, but they they're crazy. Like outlandish takes that they got, and they're like, I don't know, they're different. Too, and I feel like if they were kind of like what Hood says a lot, like if you saw them in person, like they're not going to be acting mm-hmm. like this, and mm-hmm. like they're, they're acting like an ex shorty right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> mad that mad that you got a new job. You know what I'm saying? And got some new clothes. You ain't wearing ankle socks no more. Yeah. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> or, or like their fans at Husky Stadium last year that we were mentioned in the GC today. They were talking shit when it was seven nothing, and then as soon as it got competitive, they dipped. Was quiet. They, they were left, gone too. before that's the, the game was part. over. <laughs> gone. Um, all right. I think let's go ahead and move into uh, a recap from from Tulsa this past week. Uh, I thought it was a what I would say is just a your stereotypical traditional sloppy ass thirty three point win. Uh, but what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean. Definitely, they weren't playing at their best, but you know they they blew them out. Still, they did what they're supposed to do. Um, I guess we just have super high expectations now that we expect them to win those games by 50 points, 
they're not going to play at their best every game. And, and if this is one of their games they're not playing their best, I'll take it for this one because I'd rather be playing better for some of these other marquee games they have coming up. But, I mean, there's lots of mistakes all around. Obviously, with the drops was like the most noticeable one, especially given how talented our wide receivers are. But, you know, it's crazy. Like, I felt like our, I was getting a little frustrated with our defense. But then going in the fourth quarter, we only gave up three points. I'm like, dang, can, I, can we be that frustrated? I know they could be better, but – I guess they didn't play as bad as maybe we, some of us saw, or at least I thought. Yeah, I agree. I just I think the word you used, hooligan, was sloppy. Um, I felt like it wasn't sloppy. And then the element of expectations kind of goes to um, just the fact that our OC and obviously um, Kalen DeBoer are very detail-oriented. And even these players are very detail-oriented on offense. And to see them play sloppy – I think that's what, you know, kind of was counter to our, our expectations a little bit. Um, we kind of don't expect this offense to play sloppy. You know, all the work that they put in in the offseason, uh, especially the receivers, you don't expect those mistakes. Um, it definitely looked like a much tougher game in person than it did when I, like, watched the playback on um, um, on television. Um, it, and I guess because I got the emotional aspect of the of the sideline, uh, being on our sideline, um, some heads down, things like that. Um, but one really cool thing I liked was um, how Penix kind of remained poised and calm, regardless of, you know, the the interception or the drops. His body language never changed. Um, same with Jalen Polk, kind of kept his energy super high, uh, tried to at least. Um, but when you when Kalen DeBoer after the game speaks on how JP like jogged to a to the fumble recovery um, and where Penix had to make a tackle, where our quarterback had to make a tackle. We weren't inspired, it seemed like, for that game. Um, so, and we played like it. Running game, still a little bit of a concern. Um, I, I saw I saw holes there, but not open for a long time. And when they were open, running backs weren't necessarily hitting yeah. them, um, outside of uh, Will. So, yep, that's yeah, that, and that's what I was going to say is the concern about the running game is it's it's a little of blocking, it's a little of holes open, but running backs not having the not seeing seeing the whole uh we are also now joined by the darker night you got us how you doing tonight buddy i'm doing well i'm doing well how's everybody doing good uh elite sign on name from the darker night <laughs> star yeah, with my penix you know what it is i don't think that's a, I I don't say, think yeah, that's a winning proposition night, night. <laughs> i don't think that's a winning proposition for uh michigan state this weekend <laughs> <laughs> or maybe propositions are really bad choice of words. <laughs> oh shoot! Uh, you uh, uh, all three of us until uh, DJ grabbed a claw. We're on. Uh, we're on team on, water. You, know, that, you, uh, you the refresh. same this evening? Got that water. I also got a nice little fresca next to me as well. So doing a proper. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I'm definitely on team water. I've got an early morning in the morning. Um, we're basically right now we're, we're just uh, talking about, uh, you know, what we saw from Tulsa and, uh, what did you think and kind of any, any standout things you really liked from the Tulsa uh, game? I Anything mean, that was like, that might yeah, be worth watching. I, I think similar to what on. Hood was saying, it's just, uh, you noticed a lack of discipline, on both sides of the ball. Um, it's like that, that look ahead game and you kind of seeing like the energy was kind of low. I think they started fast. Um, but then, you know, you kind of expect a cruise and then you, that's when you kind of seen the lacks of day, you know, lots of day school mistakes and concentration with drops and 
<clears throat> miscommunications and things of that nature. Um, just, just really not taking that team serious, I think, which in last year that probably would have cost us, but them knowing how good they are, they, you know, I mean, think about how they did play and they still won really comfortably. Um, but also, um, I like the way um, our secondary played uh, for the most part. Um, if Jabbar could hold on to the ball, yep. <laughs> he'd have a takeaway too. Um, but just everybody seemed like they'd be in a position, um, didn't really see a lot yep. of busts. Um, I think a tackling could improve um, overall, especially going into this game next week or this upcoming week with Michigan State. Um, their only shot is if they run the ball. Um, and kind of get our secondary to bite on the run and then open stuff up. So um, definitely want to see us become a little more stout against the run. Um, our linebackers could play a little better. Yep. I, I I know that we're, you know, rotating quite a few guys in there, but just to kind of have a steady, you know, one, two, uh, steady one, two punch for at least a couple of downs. Cause just coming in and just, I get it. We're deep, but you don't get guys in rhythm a lot of the time. And, once we get in the league playing, especially a big game like this, I want to see a solid amount of guys with communication out there um, playing. So um, I was I was looking at Eddie in particular. I think he could play a whole lot better. Um, he's he's had a lot of blown assignments. I just think I his eyes are in the wrong that. place. And I think he's kind of getting back in the flow of things. It's just been a slow start to the season. Um, but he's your communicator. You know, he's your leader on the field. So uh, we go as he go on defense. So I'm looking for a bounce back game from him and looking forward to Saturday. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and I also yeah. think uh, Ace is absent to, to that point. Yeah. And, oh, Ace yeah, is absent yeah, after the first that. drive in terms of the communication, I think probably led a little bit mm-hmm. to that. Hood, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, it, it, I mean, if you you can also point to examples in the Boise State game where you know Eddie's eyes were you know with Asa were in the wrong spots on the screens and a couple run plays. But I feel like Carson uh, may be playing kind of the best football there at that position. Um, but uh, one of the notes I had was I did feel like the defense was much improved um, for sure than last year. And it's odd to kind of say this, and I hope it doesn't come off disrespectful, but um, I feel like it's more of the confidence and like the preparation that this group, that the defense, the, the specifically the secondary is doing more so than talent. Like it, it really just feels like these guys um, um, prepare at a different level. So it allows them to play faster. It allows them to play with confidence. Like I felt like, I don't know, Dark and I felt like this too. Jordan Perriman simply was lacking confidence. He wasn't lacking the athleticism. Um, so you can't play. It doesn't matter if you run a four four if you're not playing confident. So um, I feel like the one thing you're seeing is Jabbar. Okay, he got was getting beat and played through the hands, finished the play. That's the confidence and trusting your scheme and trusting your talent um, that we didn't see last year. So I think that uh, element too, and then getting an elevation of play. CP used to say um, it wasn't always about the recruiting class or those freshmen and how they developed. It was always about how your juniors and seniors developed. And, and I got to shout out Cam Fab, man. Um, a running game, passing game, communication. You wouldn't have known Asa was gone. You know what I mean? He was in position. And last year, what did we see? Um, remember when Dom got beat on um, uh, in the Michigan State game? And we were like, dang, Cam Fab was a step or two behind. Well, was he a step or two behind this time? No, he was in position. 
read the ball. So we're seeing that development from those upperclassmen. Yeah, yeah, two good points that you guys made. The one with her, like with Camp App, y'all know how I've been feeling about Camp App. But uh, I mean, obviously he had the two interceptions, but he's just he's there in position all the time. He's much better so far in the first couple of games than last year, and that's huge because you know with Asa when he came out, like, well, if you think about it, last year the two games we lost last year is when Asa was didn't play or, or basically didn't finish the games. Those are the two times we lost. So like, you know, that could be a big loss if he's if he's out, hopefully, I don't know how serious his injury is or anything, but, but Cam Fab stepping up is huge. So like, it's not as big as a drop off as where it maybe was last year without him. And they threw, and they threw Nunley out there uh, who got targeted <laughs> a couple of times. Um, he looks the part um, I would say just has to get the reps. Same with Mikel. Um, you saw once you kind of got Mikel into the game, he was playing full speed. Yeah. He had two full yeah, speed penalties, which, you know, you, you I saw the reaction on the <laughs> sideline, but, they didn't to be what was it was an odd response. He just walked to the sideline and just walked back and forth. There wasn't uh, overreaction and underreaction. It was pats on the shoulder and they didn't even care about it, you know. And, and I yelled, it's funny, I uh, had a cool interaction with him on the sideline um, where I yelled at him, keep your head up, don't worry about it. They're going to put you back in and you're going to make a play. You know, he peeked at me, pointed at me, and then he went out there and made a third down stop, a fourth down stop, came back to the sideline and was like, you called it, bro, you called it. So that was a really, really cool. That's awesome. really? Oh, yeah, that's it was cool. a super cool experience, man. Yeah. So um, shout out to the safety room. Yeah. I mean, and to that point, you know, and, and to those points, like I, I think we have seen a, a pretty sig- – I mean, it's not – you know, we haven't played any world-beating offenses yet by any stretch, but we have seen pretty significant improvements in the defense. The past defense is certainly – you know, we were still playing the division, you know, you know, decent group of five programs. You know, Boise State may not be as good this year as – you know, they were last year, but that remains to be seen, but we weren't playing, you know, the, the, you know, the sisters of the poor or Portland state, um, in these games. And so like, it's a step forward because let's not beat around the bush. Like our past defense last year was bad. And right now, like, I think our, um, I was just looking at it on the, on sharp college football, like our defense effective passes were 57th that's a 60 or 70 spot improvement from where we were last year. So definitely forward progress. Uh, apologies to Arizona to, to the university of Arizona. That might be a little too soon uh, based on how their game ended at Mississippi state. Um, but uh, uh, I think we can move on. And, and before we get into our preview of the Michigan state game, let's go ahead and jump into uh kind of a peek around the conference and, and get our thoughts on kind of each of the, the conference games coming up. Um, and so it starts this weekend uh, with uh, Weber state going to Utah. There's no line on this one. And it's an 11 o'clock game on PAC 12 network. Uh, I'm assuming we all think this is Utah by a lot. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yes. There's going to be a lot of those this yeah. weekend for the Pac-12. I was going through it, and I see the same thing. <laughs> yeah, the next one is uh, a 12:30 kickoff uh, down at Reeser Stadium on Fox Sports uh, on FS1. Uh, it's Oregon State minus 24 and a half with the over/under at 49 against San Diego State. What do we think? I got Oregon State. I had it 38 to six. So that's crazy that they said 49. That's like right around that. That's kind of funny. But yeah, yeah, pretty comfortably. Yeah, yeah, they went in. They went in. They went in. I don't, I don't know. I think this might be a, 
a backdoor. Uh, I don't know that Oregon State covers, but I think San Diego State might mm. sneak in the backdoor, spoil the cover in garbage time. Yeah, what what'd you say they're favored by? 24. Uh, yeah. I, I can see that. Uh, next, yeah. skipping over our game, there's also a 2 o'clock, another one with no line because it's a, an FCS going uh, over to Pullman. That's Northern Colorado uh, going over to Wazoo. Um, I'll jump in here. I don't think the Cougs left, let down after the big win against Wisconsin. <laughs> hey, congratulations, Cougs. You found a UW you guys can beat consistently. It's just too bad it's not the one that you've been trying to for over a hundred years. Um, but, but I've got the Cougars big against Northern Colorado. I, I don't think that that one bears much paying attention to or, or concern for, for little bro. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Not worried about that game. I agree. Same. I think that's the bad game. Uh, along those same lines, North Carolina, uh, UCLA continuing, uh, their pretty cool thing that they started, I think last year with, uh, HBC is mm-hmm. coming out to, to play in the Rosewald Pasadena and it's North Carolina central coming out to UCLA again, even, even if chip plays five quarterbacks, <laughs> I think this is UCLA by a lot. <laughs> um, it hurts my heart to see. I mean, I'm, I'm really happy for the player. Um, but man, how good will Leo to look coming in this defense? Game. Uh, with in a rotation with CTF oh. with Grayland with Stop. Maurice Himes with yeah damn that's pretty cool that UCLA is doing that has uh, UW ever had a we have not HBCU school come no Mm-mm. no we have not uh, Wazoo I think has done it once and they played uh, and I was at that game the Grambling State came out to play uh, Wazoo at Oh, that's cool. Quest Field it was at the time, if not Seahawks Stadium, um, many, many moons ago. And I will say it was also one of the most entertaining uh, experiences of my life, seeing the difference in the oh, yeah. the dancing ability of the Grambling State Band versus the Washington <laughs> State University Band. It was... Let me go ahead and teach y'all something. A lot, lot, lot of... <laughs> <laughs> a lot of awkward white people dancing. I'll just say it that way. <laughs> hey, y'all fun though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then we've got a five, uh, one of the, the three games other than ours that has a line this weekend. Um, the the Rainbow Warriors of Hawaii coming in to Autzen, uh fresh off the ducks. Hmm. Uh, a little pucker time in Lubbock uh, last weekend. Um, Oregon is a 37 and a half point favorite with over under at 68. Oh yeah. That game's over at halftime. 68. I got 73. Uh, yeah. That's a, I actually like Hawaii uh, and their quarterback a lot. Um, I just think they're just not a, um, a complete team. You know, I think their offense is okay when it's going, but their quarterback is a dude. So um, I get, yeah, I definitely got Oregon yeah, winning, but Hawaii's, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give Hawaii at sure. least twenty one. Okay. Uh, you know, twenty. Their quarterback has a lot of moxie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, their quarterback. Yeah, not- I, I see it like a right around the line. I see it like a forty nine twenty four something like that. So, because what did Stanford do to him? To- like Stanford. Yeah. It was like 45-something. Oh. 
Stamp or smack them. <laughs> Certainly in the air. Yeah. <laughs> Not much you can expect. I think <laughs> traveling from the island, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think this is Oregon by a lot. I don't know that Oregon covers over five touchdowns. Uh, but I, but it is something where I could see it again, like the um, the San Diego State cover laid in kind of in the back door to get it under that. Um, but I definitely, I would say if I was betting the over under on that one, I'm going to take the over. There's going to be a lot of points in that game. Um, and then finally, uh, an in-state rivalry game with uh, Colorado State heading to Boulder to play uh, the Buffs, who are a 23 point favorite with the over under in that one at 60 and a half. Uh, based on how much Colorado State gave up to the Cougars, um, <laughs> I think the Buffs might cover that one. Just the by, fact the that over, game got flexed into a nationally televised game rather than a <laughs> local game was crazy. They just they put that game over so many marquee games. Like game day is going to travel there for and what? game day. Game like, day is going to ball again. Oh, yeah, no. Oh. Big. Um. What a, what a boring slate of games for the Pac-12, and the best game is going to be ours on fucking Peacock. Yeah! Sorry, but Peacock. Like, <laughs> what? They're not... No one's going to be able to watch that. Yeah, that's... I mean, I, I'm sure you know fans are probably going to buy or Peacock you know buy trial Peacock, but most most other fans probably wouldn't. I got, I I got, I got for... Peacock already. I've been watching Twisted Metal. Oh, damn. <laughs> But yeah, no, you're not wrong. There's other really compelling games around the country this year or this week um, that, you know, would have been <coughs> more understandable for game day. You got K-State at Missouri. Um, yep. You've got, I mean, South Carolina at Georgia. Obviously, the SEC is a little overplayed. Um, there's not really a battle ranked teams. Wyoming there's... at Texas. I mean, Texas fresh yeah, off of beating Alabama. Wait, isn't Tennessee playing so good? Uh, Tennessee, or Florida. Just remembering. Yeah, but Florida's not that yeah. good. Yeah, oh, okay. Florida's not good. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, Because <laughs> Florida. You can support this podcast at podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash sound the siren pod UW slash support. Thanks. Go dogs. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Okay, so yeah, we, we missed another, another couple of uh, had some technical difficulties there. We do have a, a 1 o'clock game on Pac-12 Network, and that is the Fighting uh, Vandals, who are 2-0 and for the first time, I think, since Jesus was in diapers. <laughs> go with the cow. <laughs> yeah, out of pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Not diapers. Uh, I think this is cow by oh, a lot, no. but uh, what do you guys think? <laughs> I think I think uh, you know I think Cal misrepresents the Pac-12 yeah, a little bit I, after I this is after the, a, the game I have on upset watch for sure for the week oh. one. Ten points against a okay, I guess Auburn team. I'm a lot less worried about Cal than I was after week one. Mm-hmm. 
and Idaho was physical. Mm-hmm. Idaho was balanced on offense. They have a good quarterback and a solid running game, solid offensive line. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it depends on what Cal team shows up because you would think at home, you know, home opener against the SEC team that they would take yeah. care of business and they they just looked way that too quarterback is, like Sam Jackson is fast. Like he that's could get some, he's going to, he, he's going to be somebody that's like, he's, they're going to give some random team. Nice. I think they're going to be on that roller coaster mm-hmm. ride of a good offensive performance. And he's going to gash some people on the ground mm-hmm. and then you guys can't do a damn thing to get the ball moving. So, all right. Yeah. It's at Cal. Is this played at Cal? Yeah. I think Cal probably wins. My bad. Like, when I looked through the games earlier today, like, I fell asleep reading through them because they're, they're so boring. But uh, right. I, so, I, do, yeah. I do got Fresno State winning. The, uh, I'm going to take back State. what I said earlier. I got them they, winning. Uh, <laughs> hella boring. Uh, and final pack non Husky game uh, that we'll talk about in depth. Uh, pack 12 game of the week is the uh, Miners of UTEP heading to Arizona. Uh, Arizona is an 18-point favorite coming off of the overtime loss uh, at Mississippi State last week, and mm. they were under at 57. I'm going to take Arizona. I'll take the you know I, I'll take Arizona minus those points and think that they're going to probably put the offensive hammer down. They're not. Yeah, I agree. I think UTEP that bad. I haven't seen them or heard. They're not great. Because they've been like they've been decent over the they lost, they over the lost, years they here lost and there. Will Stein, they lost a lot of their best offensive weapons. But, That's right. But they still they still can yeah. score. Um, so yeah, I think I think this is a highlight field game, like a nice little fun highlight field game. But Arizona by a lot. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next. Uh, all right. Well, let's let's talk about uh, the Huskies going on the road for the first time <laughs> this year, going to Michigan State. Um. Certainly, the big key, you know, to, to the game is if there's any semblance of this, a similar uh, offensive performance uh, from Washington, it's not going to be close. And I don't think Michigan State scores a bunch late in the game to make it as close as it was last year. Um, but that's kind of my initial thought, and we can dig into it a little further. But uh, what do you gents think? My my key is uh, is health for UW. Got a lot of guys banged up that either missed last week or left the game that I'm a little worried about. But I mean, it shouldn't result in a loss with even a lot of those guys out. But you know, it could you know make things closer and something can swing things the other way, like a big turnover or something like that. So uh, I'm just hoping that we can see a lot of those guys back from last week that. Again, either was out or left the game. I think we got multiple starters on defense. Uh, which uh, which uh, defense tackle was out? Tui Taylor. Was it? Tui Taylor, yeah, he was out. Oh, he was out the first week too? Oh, damn. Well, I missed yeah. that most of that game. So, Yeah, ZTF. Oh, three starters, yeah. Yeah, we should have those guys back yeah. this week. That's what it sounds like, but you know, hopefully.
Yeah, and then, oh yeah, yeah Dylan's out. Yeah, and my other key is uh, winning the turnover battle because that's how teams, when they're lesser talented, can win, especially at home. Getting some big turnovers, especially in key moments, getting the crowd behind them and momentum. So uh, yeah, winning that turnover battle is important too. Yeah, for uh, for me, this just kind of reminds me of the of the Boise State game, really. Um, a team that is going to need to be reliant on the explosive run game um, to stay in the game. And then um, a lot of conversion down conversions. So a lot of third and short, second and short, all those types of things. Um, and Boise State just didn't execute the game plan. They didn't care. They threw 39 times and didn't run the ball a lot. I don't think Michigan State makes that mistake. Um, I do think that they try to really lean on their run game. Um, I do feel like um, if they stick to a game plan, I think, to try to win. Um, I do think their running backs have a big day. Um, I think both of them potentially have a big day, specifically Carter. Because um, I do feel like we are easy to run on. Um, Tulsa kind of was running through us on certain plays. And their O-line was working us. Their running backs were working us. So I do feel like they're going to get their running game going. But speaking of keys, um, I would say... Um, just how well our passing offense gets started early. Um, we can't go two possessions with and getting three points or having 10 after two possessions because I do think this is going to be one of those games where that possession thing kicks in um, where Michigan State's going to have to really use that. So, uh, yeah. Um, what I did notice, too, just kind of watching them, um, they distribute the ball, like, extremely evenly on offense to, like, wide receivers, running backs, tight ends, um, almost oddly like equally in regards to targets. And I think that that's going to be at their detriment, to be honest, because then you don't focus on a singular player. You focus on personnel groupings. You can focus on formations and things like that and prepare your defense for that. So I do think uh, our defense will be kind of overly prepared for whatever they're going to bring. Um, I will say that this is probably going to be the most physical um, and I would, I want to use the word like pro, like pro ready. Our defense is going to look, I do feel like this is going to be a, a really, really showcase type of game for a lot of our defenders who are looking to go to that next level. Yeah. I like that. Um, <clears throat> I think Michigan state, I think what they're going to try to do is, uh, knowing that they can't go blow to blow with you, especially through the air, they're going to try to run the air out of the ball. Um, just ball control time, you know, take advantage of those third and fifth, third and four um, type of downs. Um, and, you know, if it gets close enough, you know, if they're on their side of the field or sorry, in Husky territory, they, they probably likely would go for it on short down and distances. Um, they have a pocket passer. Um, I was watching Kim a little bit. Uh, he can run. He's not as athletic as <clears throat> I think the Boise State kid or anything like that. But, um, you know, if you do vacate some lanes, he can hurt you a little bit. Um, and then I also, um, noticed that although their head coach, thou should not be named, uh, is dealing with some things. Um, they did get Mark D'Antonio back and under yep. his, under his watch and at him as a head coach, they were a top 10 defense consistently through his tenure. So they got him back as an interim associate coach. Um, and he's not going to let let it be bombs over Baghdad. So um, 
this is one of those games, uh, as I referred to earlier in the year, where we're really going to need a balanced attack um, running the ball. You have to, you yep. they have to respect the run. It's not a, it's not a okay. Let's show it. Do not let Mike just, you know, throw the air out of the ball. Yes, he can, but I want us to do a smart. You know what I mean? I want us to be able to draw the safeties, the linebackers up, give them easier throws to get in the rhythm, and not have them force the ball down the field to set a tone. Because um, <clears throat> with D'Antonio there, that's what I fear. You know, he's going to have his DBs playing off. He's going to keep his safeties back, and he's going to, you know, force us to. You know, who's more physical at the line of scrimmage? You know, if we're struggling to run the ball, he's going to trust that his front four is going to be able to contain and set edges and everybody rally to the ball. So it's really going to test the O-line. Um, I hope we can answer the challenge. Uh, this is a game for the running back room in general. I think the running backs are going to play a huge part in this game. Um, and I think we'll see the uh, fruit of Dylan Johnson come to bear in this game. I think him being a versatile weapon and pass pro, on the ground and out of the backfield catching the ball, I think he's he's gonna have a big game. Um, one thing too is I think uh, isn't Mateo Mele like questionable for the game? Um, a lot of people are bigging up you know Gary on right now and hyping up him potentially starting. Um, <clears throat> who, whomever ends up starting um, now, obviously it's what Central Michigan and James Madison, but Michigan uh, Michigan State's front has been very very disruptive. Um, so, you know, if we're down a guy, um, I, I have a, the full confidence in our offensive line and pass pro, but, um, if we are to have a game on the, uh, a good, a solid game on the ground, then we are going to need some of those guys to step up against what's a productive so far, uh, Michigan state front. Um, and then kind of flipping that I did see, um, their interior line play is, is pretty soft. Um, so I have in my notes, uh, uh, Javon Parker, Thule, and Voy um, being very um, uh, impactful in this game for sure. With a lot of the interior quickness, they seem pretty solid with with like um, um, power rushes. But a lot of the interior quickness, they they really struggled with. Uh, Zero from Central Michigan was giving their interior line some problems with quickness. So looking to see some of our interior defensive line uh, get off blocks and make plays in the run game and pass game. Yo, you um. What have you seen from Michigan? Bro, I'm going to be honest, dude. Like, obviously, there's only, multiple, there's only a couple ways it can go, mm-hmm. right? But it really feels like this is either going to be a sucky-ass game to, like, watch. You know what I mean? It's just super messy because mm-hmm. D'Antonio is going to play too deep all game. It's, a, it's a slower track because it's grass, too. And it's uh-huh. just... You, and it's grass. It's just... But... <sighs> It, I don't like the way we played on the road last year. <clears throat> and so yeah. I don't think this is one of those games where you can afford a slow start. Um, and then with them, probably going to try and pull out all the stops offensively to try and put up points. You know what I mean? Like expect mm-hmm. a trick play or at least an attempt or, you know, something they haven't shown you. Because they're not like in a big explosive team. I know they've had some explosive plays with Antonio Gates Jr. at receiver, and I know they have that tight end that's like six seven, who's like an NFL prospect or whatever. But he's still he's still kind of suspect to me. Um, but yeah. I don't see anybody that I'm like, oh my god, you got to feel like them. when they lost Keon Coleman and <laughs> Jer- when they lost Reed, that was two big losses. So uh, and Jeremy mm-hmm. Bernard. Yeah, so those are big losses out of that room. Um, 
But I think, I mean, I still would. If I see more consistent play out of the D line, mm-hmm. I think I would be, you know, have that much more confidence. Um, one, just the physicality in the middle of the line, because that's just your anchor. But just on the outside, where, you know what I mean? Like, I get it. Like, some guys are more athletic than others. So you're like, you know, they maybe they've been told, like, don't run up the field, you know, and kind of mush rush and stuff. But now you can actually get after a guy. Do you? Yep, yep. You know, this is when this is one of them Braylon games, you know, show why you're a preseason All American. Yeah, agreed. I I definitely think the, the big stage matters. Um on that side, any you know, other than you know getting the, the ground game going and the and the offensive line. Uh, any other key matchups or, or kind of key player, you know, who's a, you know, if, if Washington wins comfortably, who's our player of the game beyond the obvious? I mean, it's going to be Mike Penix <laughs> every time we win a football game this year, but, but we are not allowed to say Mike Penix because it's too easy. <laughs> I, th- I honestly see a big, a big, uh, opportunity for the tight ends against their linebackers. Um, your linebackers are very aggressive downhill. Um, so if we are able to establish a run, at least have them respect it, that play action is going to leave some folks wide open. And I want to see Devin Colt kind of step into his pro, pro potential and, and have a breakout game. Um, I just feel like he's due. And, you know, to have his kind of athleticism um, and his size um, in the slot, whether he's flexed or, you know, down in three point stance, I just feel he's a matchup nightmare, you know, when he's focused and holding on to the ball. So, uh, definitely want to see Devin have a breakout game because him opening up the middle is just going to have everything else kind of slowly open up as well. Um, and we haven't really keyed on that too much in the first two games. So, showing him a little something different point. and exposing the middle of the field, um, will open up everything outside that we're looking for. Yep, it's a great call. Hood, how about you? Any? Uh, I'll go with. Game? Oh yeah, I'll go with. I'll go with all young guys. I'll pick uh, offensively. I'm gonna say, uh, in the words of Mace, "Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back." I think Jeremy Bernard has a full all-purpose game. Mm-hmm. I see the uh, kick return yards. I see him blocking his ass off, getting a couple pancakes. I see him getting uh, some some solid yardage and some solid targets as well, maybe even in the run game. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll say that on offense. And then defensively, I'm going to pick two young guns. So we're going to stay try to stay underclassmen. I'll say Voy and uh, Javon Parker. Um, yes. After watching uh, two games with Javon, I am convinced that this kid is, you know, that what we've been missing on the interior. Um, great hands, great leverage manipulator. Um, and he's very, very disruptive, getting in the backfield often. Um, and I do feel like they have a soft interior offensive line. So um, Voy and Javon Parker on that inter- interior defensive line and applying pressure for sure. Ooh, I like that. Okay. Defensive ones. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think I'm going to go along those lines, maybe not a young player, but I think it, it's been a while since he's had this kind of game. I think Michigan State's going to key a little bit on Braylon, and I could see this being a nice kind of re-emergence party for, for, for ZTF. 
uh, on the opposite side again with the the not the mo- not the same ability that we had to deal with at the quarterback position the last two weeks. I think I could see ZTF having a you know maybe a sack and a half, two sack game. Um, and then on the offensive side of the ball, I, I have a real hard time disagreeing with any of the points that you made. But if I'm going to throw one one out there, and and I I will say I don't think this is if Michigan State learned anything from last year. Uh, I don't think they're going to forget Jalen Polk is on the field. Um, <laughs> if they do, it's, it could be another big JP, J, Jalen Polk game. He didn't um, change his number now. <laughs> I told you, one of these games is going to break the, the record for receiving yards in a game. I said that in our preseason uh, pod. Yeah. It's one of these games. It's, it's coming. Yeah. Um, ooh, that's... Who you got? I, you can see them focusing so much on Rome and and Jalen. I don't know. Hooligan. Hooligan. Got to pick it. It's tough. It's tough. Tough. It's tough. I um, I'm gonna say it's a combo. It's a combo. I think we're gonna see uh, Will Nixon in all purpose. He's gonna get north of. I think it's gonna be in one of those games where he gets. 60, 70, 80 yards on the ground, and I think he's going to pick up another 30, 40, 50 yards in in the passing game. Um, so I, I could say Will Nixon, and I mean, I, I won't sleep on Jalen Polk ever because the fact that he isn't basically, I mean, I think Husky fans recognize that it's really, the, it's the three musketeers. It's not a dynamic duo. It's, it's all three of them. Um, but... Uh, so yeah, that that'll be what I'll say. Is I'll say, well, you know, if it's somebody that we haven't talked about already, I'm going to say it's Will Nixon. Yeah. Oh man, hooligan! That was that was. I thought that was a perfect time for you to throw your tie bow in there. Ooh, I'd love to see you it. Think they're going to play him in this game? Ooh. On the road, oh, I don't they, think so. You see, they had a whole conversation with him on the sideline before last game and didn't even play. Mm-hmm. I was like. Oh. Yeah. If it is Tybo, I'll kick myself, and you guys can all laugh at me <laughs> next week. Hey, or, or, or it's just another reason to, to laugh at you know me being silly. <laughs> I hope Hood's right, man. I want to see you know I mean get your nil uh, monies together, but I want to see Jibo get off and mm-hmm. give him a role like Debo, <laughs> give Jeremy a role like yes, Debo, man. and that's going to transform this offense as well. You get folks running laterally. Yeah. With him as an outlet, and you already get him in space, mm-hmm. that opens up everything else for the three musketeers, as you were saying. So, I think we're going to see yep. a lot of dynamic things, and I think Grubb's going to be in his bag because um, he yes. he he knows this is an opportunity for him to showcase himself as well. Um, yep. And so, a lot of things just playing in our favor, but yeah, I don't see as many different scenarios I can see. You know, with like grass and. You know, the slow track and them having D'Antonio and uh, how badly or slow we played on the road last year. Um, I just don't see this being that competitive towards the end of the game. I think we pull away. Um, And that's kind of how I'm leaning. That's how I see it. All right. Score prediction? Score time. Score time. Let me see what I put. Prediction, I'm going to say... I'm gonna say uh, 37-23 dogs. Ooh, okay. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I had I had forty one twenty eight. Okay. 
Well, yeah, uh, I responded to uh, Husky Twitter great uh, Acropolis Jr. earlier this week, uh, and along and I uh, turns out shared this exact score prediction with Trevor Mueller from the Fourteen Inches Pod, uh, and I'm saying it's forty five seventeen dogs. Ooh. Statement went on a row. Uh, Ooh, that's a statement. Statement. Uh, I th- I think this team's hungry. I think uh, we talked a little bit. Of, I talked a little bit about it with Hood in the pre-show, where I think the sloppy thirty-three point win um, gave the coaches a little extra uh, material to mm-hmm. uh, to bring out their butt boot in the ass <laughs> teach tape. Uh, and, and I think uh, I think that will motivate this team, and I think this team understands the mission and understands the possibilities of what's in front of it. And the more that not only that they win, but they do so impressively, the, the higher they can climb and, um, and perception matters. So I think it's a, it's a statement victory to, to finish out the non-conference. Yeah. I like that. I think, yeah. Cause if you look on the other side of the coin, if we would have just, you know, blown Tulsa out and it looked like a flawless game, you know what I mean? Like you, you go into it with a different type of confidence, but you also can borderline go into a cocky. Whereas now they know mm-hmm. kind of the mistakes they made. And when you don't concentrate, this is what can happen. And when you play better teams, you know, those things end up, you know, becoming losses and those can pile up. So you definitely have a different focus. Not only is it your first road game, but you're coming off a victory where everyone after the game seen not satisfied. Just the, hearing the players talk and the coaches, they definitely seem like there was a lot of meat left on the bone, even more so than Boise State. Um, and mm-hmm. I think they're searching for that perfect game, and I think they're going to do their best to do that on Saturday. Yep. Well, and and, and Mike's got a history of not being particularly friendly to Michigan State, so I, I think this is just <laughs> another chapter in that uh-huh. in that book. Feather in the cat. All right. Uh, a- a- any other thoughts, comments, statements, jokes? <laughs> uh, just go dogs, man. Go dogs, man. We need this. Go this dog. is the springboard uh, for the rest of the year um, as we get in the conference, as we come home to play cow um, yeah. and kick everything else off. But another similar to my hat, you know, it's the campaign, baby. It's the start of the campaign. I- <clears throat> I'm not complaining about it, but it's another Pac-12 after dark. Oh, fun yeah, with I Cal. Know. Right. Lord forbid a, 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 a thunderstorm or something comes through. And we're playing at one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I've got more confidence in this team in that situation, though. <laughs> oh, for sure. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Go dogs. Beat the Spartans. Go dogs. This ain't Sparta.